All right, so in the continuing tradition of uh, just going off in random directions with this uh, this podcast where we watch old TV based on what we watched last week, you know, sometimes it'll just give me a, a weird idea for something else to, to check out, a little uh, a, si- a cul-de-sac to go down. So last week we watched, uh, what was that show called? Do Not Adjust Your Set, the kids' show that predated Monty Python. But then that made me think of the hilarious House of Frightenstein, the Canadian kids show that they just did the same exact gags every single week for 130 episodes. So that made me think, let's take a quick detour to uh, Canadian kids shows for a week, just because this is all the shit that oh, okay. I watched when I was a kid. Because specifically what that made me think of, I mean, there's like Mr. Dress Up and the Friendly Giant and stuff. And it's like, yeah, maybe we could get to those at some point. But I feel like they're pretty much... You know, they're as you remember them. They're just kid shows. The thing that hilarious house of one morning just as the sun was rising. (laughs) But the thing that hilarious house of Frightenstein made me think of is you can't do that on television because it was similar in the way that it would reuse bits all the time. In my memory, it was like the same kind of stuff over and over. Where, uh, like, uh, they go to a there's a uh, a diner called Barf's Diner <laughs> and Barf is a bad cook and they're just a joke about how his food is gross every week all the time over and over but I mean it's not as much as Hilarious House of Frightenstein but in my memory it was that way so I thought as an experiment I was like can I find some of these these are all really low quality because these are all just VHS recordings that somebody uploaded to YouTube but I thought what if we take an episode from right when that show started and then one from right at the end and see if it's just the same, <laughs> you know, like beyond just watching it for my own nostalgia, it's like an experiment. Did it actually change or were they still making the same jokes 10 years later? So you can't do that on television. It uh, was a show that started in Ottawa locally in 1979. And those ones are pretty much, there's a couple around, but they're really low quality. So I kind of skipped those because it became an actual real show with large distribution. It went to the States and stuff in 1981 ran for 10 seasons, 144 episodes, and uh, the Nickelodeon network in America is kind of based on this Canadian show, which is weird, because the the gimmick with this show, it was just kids doing sketches and stuff, but if you said water, water would pour on you from the ceiling. Oh, yeah, I vaguely remember this show. Right. Yeah. And then the more famous thing, if you said, I don't know, then slime, green slime would pour on you. Yeah, okay. So Nickelodeon played reruns of this and then, you know, became its whole own thing. But uh, their logo, maybe to this day, but definitely at the time, was the green slime, which is just kind of neat that this little crappy Canadian show was so instrumental to the Nickelodeon Kids Network. Uh, They had a whole bunch of different kids throughout the years, but the famous one was Alanis. Alanis Morissette was on that show. Oh, was she? (laughs) Yeah, only for like 10 episodes. But that's what I think is funny, that joke about Canada, where it's like... uh, you know, if you talk to a, an American and they find out you're from Canada, they'll say like, oh, do you know so-and-so? You know, I know another Canadian. Maybe you know them. <laughs> but the thing that's weird about Canada is maybe you do. Like, it's just such a small country and so few major cities. Like, we really do. Everything is connected. Like, it's not weird that Alanis, one of the most famous Canadian singers, was on this show. Why wouldn't she be? <laughs> you know, there's only so many opportunities for media in Canada. Or uh, I always think of... Uh, Ellen Page became like a huge, super yes. famous actress, you know, uh, Juno and stuff. 
but she was on Trailer Park Boys because yeah. <laughs> she's from Nova Scotia. Yes, she was, and she made a film that in in Cape Breton that uh, I forget the name of it now, but it kind of went off and was was how she got recognized in the United States. Right. You even had people like Anne Murray. Anne Murray started off in uh, what was the name of that show? Uh, it was out of Halifax. Uh, I can't remember the name of it, but anyway, she she started on that. And then became worldwide famous country type singer. Yeah. Yeah, but started off with this, uh, oh, what was the name of that? Anyway, it doesn't matter. Yeah, so that's where, yeah, it's just not that, it's not that unusual for Canadians. Maybe we really do, we know each other, or if we don't, like, and, and those are all celebrity examples, but even, I don't know, even just random people, you know, you're probably only four or five degrees of separation from every other Canadian. <laughs> so. So that's just how it is in Canada. But uh, the other thing with this show that makes it very similar to Hilarious House of Frightenstein, the way, uh, I forget the guy's name, but that guy who played uh, every single character on uh, Hilarious House of Frightenstein. Oh, yes. Um, uh, Billy Van. Billy Van, yeah. In this case, it was a guy named Les Lai who was, uh, he, you know, had a, a pretty big career before this doing a lot of radio and stuff. He was just, you know, a Canadian actor guy. But then this is how he became super famous. He played every adult male. And then they brought in a woman named Abby Haggard who played every female. I think she actually only played one character, just the mom or whatever. But yeah, so it's just... Uh, one guy, one girl, and a bunch of kids for 10 years. And, uh, and then I thought this was funny in the wiki page. They made a point to uh, mention the show made no attempt to be educational. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, let's see. So, like I said, those really early ones, these are all bad quality, but those really early ones were unwatchable bad. So I've got episode 14 from 1981, and episode 143 from 1990. I couldn't quite find the very last one, so I've got the one before the last one. So I just thought it'd be interesting to see, between 1981 and 1990, are they still just making the same gags, or did it actually change? Because <laughs> in, in my memory, it was one of those hilarious House of Frightened which I guess, again, they're all like that. Like, the Friendly Giant, same fucking thing every time of just a rocking chair for those who might like to rock. You know, or like I said to you last week, though, there's a familiarity that you yeah. in in repeating and repeating and repeating. And remember, you didn't watch all this stuff like one show run right after the other. Like sometimes you do now on TV, you watch it every blessed night. This was one week and then another week went by. So that familiarity <clears throat> that you would get after you say, oh, yeah, like I'm so comfortable with this show. I haven't seen it for a week. I'm so glad to see it again. Yeah. Whereas if you saw it one right after the other. It'd be, it would be too much. You know what? Uh, I don't know. Maybe we should do this sometime on the show. It's like more recent than a lot of the stuff we watch. But as far as that familiarity where kid shows obviously do it to the nth degree, but even just sitcoms, you know, you get used to the rhythm. But the show that I always think of first for that type of thing is Cheers. Like there was just a, it's like it really was like just hanging out at your local bar. You just know the place and you know the people. And it's like, it's like, just had a good vibe, that show. Yeah, where everybody knows your name. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, I think it might be interesting if we ever do do that sometime. Just out of curiosity, years ago, I uh, this is obviously why we do this podcast now. I've just had this kind of thing in my mind for ages. Is I watched the first and the last episode of a bunch of different sitcoms. And the finale of Cheers is so good because it really does get across that vibe of like, you're sort of friends, but you're only friends because you're all hanging out at the same bar. You're not really friends. 
So this is the big final episode. Cheers, the bar is about to be shut down forever. And it almost gets sentimental. Like that guy Norm is about to give a big speech about how he's going to miss everybody. And then he doesn't because he's like, this is not appropriate. These are not my real friends. <laughs> and I'm like, man, now that's kind of a cold ending, but so perfect. But it's reality. It, yeah. So many people that you say are my friends are just acquaintances. And it would have been so easy for them to go the schmaltzy route, and they didn't. And it's like, awesome. But anyway, that's a different story. That's a far better show, I'm sure, <laughs> than you can't do that on television. But again, this was one of those shows as a kid, similar to Hilarious House of Frightenstein. Like, if you're channel flipping and this comes on, you never don't watch it. I mean, at the very least, someone's going to get slime poured on him, you know? <laughs> so, and like they said, zero attempt to be educational. So what else could a kid want? But hey, kids just want to have slime, yeah. not on themselves, but on everybody else. Exactly. How, how fun is that? Yeah. Hey, that's great. So I say that show, it's pretty much exactly how I remembered it. Like that really is, you know, how, how it always was. And I think it was overall pretty good. It's just that that really early one, they just didn't have enough variety of sketches yet. Yeah, I can see why kids would like that show, though. It doesn't preach anything. It's really stupid and inane, but it doesn't... Uh... Yeah, as they said, it's not trying to educate. But you know what? Kids don't want to be educated on yeah. TV. And it was like, I'd say actually funny, you know, four or five times an episode, which is oh, yeah, well taken. We had a few snickers in yeah. there. And they obviously had enlarged their repertoire. Yeah. They had different scenes. They had, the, like, the caveman scene was new. The school bus scene was new. The locker room was new. Yeah, essentially, the formula seems like it stayed the same the whole decade because it was all roughly the same. But yeah, that first one, it was weird because it started off pretty funny and the sketches were moving really quickly. And I'm like, oh, this is, this is good. But man, like, yeah, they uh, they went to the... And it's like stuff that seems cool and subversive at first. Like they got a kid in a dungeon. Like, wow, that's weird. And then the kid in the firing squad and they're literally going to shoot him. And it's like so weird because especially this Canadian production where they make like there's cactuses in the background. It's obviously supposed to be obviously supposed to be like Mexico or something. They have this like Fidel Castro type guy shooting children. But then they went back to that joke literally eight times. And the girl with the with the wheelbarrow and the dirt in the wheelbarrow, out of the wheelbarrow, and really nothing. There was nothing to that at all. Yeah. That wouldn't have been bad if it had been maybe half time. And yeah. that's being generous with half. Yeah, because actually when I was looking stuff up, it turns out I didn't, I mean, as a kid, I had such a bad sense of uh, how long anything was, but uh, The Friendly Giant was only a half-length show. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, you had, the old school, you can't do that on television, should have only been that. Because yeah, like they went back to everything. Barth's Diner, over and over and over. It's like, what the fuck? But yeah, that last one, by the end, by season 10, same exact sort of show. But yeah, and it's not like complicated. It's just, okay, now there's a coach and now there's a dentist and now there's the uh, the the wife character. Just so you can spread out the stupid jokes a little bit. But yeah, I'd say overall, I mean, yeah, not bad. Not a bad kid show, really. It holds up pretty well. Now, I, I could see, being a kid, I could see you just wanting to watch that show. <laughs> yeah. And then, like, you know, there's the stuff that's, like, a little bit clever. Well, like, the the thing they kept going back to with this girl, she just was, like, 
putting uh, soil in a barrow and back on the ground just to demonstrate busy work. Like it was worse when it was trying to be clever. By season 10, they weren't trying to be clever at all. That thing where they've got, they got a kid in a tent with just his head poking out and they're feeding him beans. So he'll fart in the tent and then the tent expands with gas and floats away. And they're like, we did it. And they don't linger on it. It's over. That's the joke. <laughs> it's just like, that might be the stupidest thing I've ever seen in my life, but kind of funny <laughs> like, why not? and and they have things in it like showing teachers as dumb coaches dumb parents as dumb but that's what kids think yeah. when they're growing up all those adults are dumb <laughs> although they did have that moment too with the uh the mom where she's got the alarm to make sure her kid gets out of bed in the morning that's like literal explosions oh, that yes. may kill them and then mom you're crazy <laughs> she's like yes i am and it's all because of you <laughs> well was, said mom <laughs> yeah that was like the bit for the parents if there was some parent walking through the the living room at the time they'd be like fucking right <laughs> so yeah i figured that's probably just this will probably be the uh, the end of the sojourn into canadian kids tv because the rest of it really was like you know mr dress up and like uh fred penner's place like really calm you know low-key pseudo educational i don't need to watch that stuff again <laughs> yeah. even the most famous of them sesame street yeah. was very repetitious yeah or uh or mr rogers neighborhood you know the yeah. same song oh, mr every rogers time. neighborhood very very repetitious and he was so low-key and right. so you know sweet and calming uh, Sesame Street had a little more action going for it, but yet they had the same characters who lived on the street. They had the the puppets and the Muppets and the Big Bird and the guy in the garbage can, Oscar. And Yeah, I was always, I guess, a little more interested just because at the time I didn't know what shows were from what country, obviously. I was just watching whatever. So to me, I didn't know, you know, it's like, okay, Mr. Rogers and Mr. Dress Up. Those are just the shows. And it wasn't, it wasn't until I got older that I found out like Mr. Dress Up is a Canadian one and that Americans don't necessarily know who that is. So I'm a little extra interested in those Canadian shows just because they were a little more specific to my upbringing. But I think at the end of the day, Frightenstein and You Can't Do That on Television are the standouts just because they're they're not uh, saccharine. <laughs> you know? All the other ones, really, they and are. And they aren't lesson teaching. They're not preachy yeah. at all. They're just, they're just showing you a bunch of stupid, dumb skits. Well, I remember, though, because especially there's stuff like Barth's Burgers and his Gross Burgers. This one, I, I don't know what episode in the run, but I always remembered from a kid because even for that show, I thought it was a step too far where the big gross dad, you know, he's just got the weird tattered clothes and I don't know, just like a big slovenly slob. I don't remember the setup, but, you know, something about like there's a weird smell. And he's like, oh, yeah, I stepped in dog poop on the way here. And he lifts his foot up and they've molded like dried dog poop. And it was huge all over his foot. And I was just like, even as a little kid, I was like, that's a little much. <laughs> you know? Like you could have made the joke without showing it. But I guess that's what I respect about that show. They showed it. Oh, yeah, they showed it. Like even at Barf's Burgers, like, I mean, he spits in the burger. That's what makes the hamburger hang together. So, But kids get a real charge out of that kind of stuff. Right. And they're really is stuff that you just couldn't do anymore like you can't do a firing squad what the hell because i guess it's supposed to be with the with the dungeon and the firing squad they're both just allegories for detention but but they're literally gonna shoot a child <laughs> and then the guy gets shot all the time it always ends with him getting tricked into getting shot like even just conceptually 
I just don't think they would do that anymore. <laughs> That's a really weird thing to do. And yeah, and pretty funny in small doses. But yeah, it was really weird seeing that early one with, uh, you could tell they just didn't have the formula down yet. Like those little, they also had segments in the 1981 episode where they just interviewed random kids at a mall or something yeah. and asked them to tell a joke. Yeah. And those were shit. That show, I mean, it would have been much more passable in a 15 minute spot. Oh, and apparently those 1979 episodes that only aired in Ottawa that are really hard to find, those ones are an hour long. And they oh, had... Oh, my word. <laughs> and they were like a variety show with like bands playing and blah, 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 interviews with locals and shit. So yeah, it's like they kept tightening up the show. However, even though the season 10 one was obviously a lot better and they had the formula down, I can see why they eventually pulled the plug because they've been making the jokes about... Uh, dad's coming home from work and Barth makes the burgers and whatever for 10 straight years. Yeah. And when we watched that show, it was like watching it in isolation because, and we said, oh, there's new stuff, new stuff, new stuff. But it, there really wasn't new stuff because they probably had introduced that over the 10 year span. Yeah. So that if you had been watching them all from start to finish and you watched that one, you'd be like, oh, yawn, they're doing this again. Yeah. Well, like, especially if you go from the debut in Ottawa, that show started the year I was born. And it got canceled when I was 11. So the whole first 11 years of my life, they were just <laughs> dropping slime and water on kids. Like, that's enough. We get It's an okay show, but we get the joke. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, again, no, no show can last forever. But as so. far as being fast-paced, especially yeah. that, that latter one that we watched, that one really moved along. Yeah. Yeah, that's I, I respect that the most about it, I think, is the, the quickness. Although on the other side of that coin, when I used to babysit and we'd watch kids' shows... My favorite show of the mid-2000s was Blue's Clues because Blue's Clues was the opposite of this where they would have one distinct story for the whole half hour and they expected you to pay attention. <laughs> and it's the only kid's show I've ever seen in my life that didn't... Because even Sesame Street and stuff, they're trying to chop it up and keep it moving. Where Blue's Clues was like, no, we trust that you can actually focus for half an hour. But I don't think any other show ever for a kid show ever did that that was a, a brave thing to do and they pulled it off but and this yeah. show too is not for little small kids right like you mentioned mr dress up and Ses i said sesame street and friendly giant they were really for preschool kids or maybe kids who might even be six or seven years old this show that we watch today that's for older kids right I don't think teenagers types would, they wouldn't be bothered with it, but kids who would be, you know, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, oh yeah, they'd love that stuff. Although I feel like you probably would still watch, uh, you can't do that on television, even if you were 13 or 14, but maybe not if your friends were around. If you're just home by yourself, oh, yeah, Amazon, yeah. you'd probably watch it. Yeah, exa yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah. But it's really geared for that, like, preteen group yeah. who are, have not reached, because there are teenagers that are in the show. But it's like that preteen group would say, oh, I can't wait to be a teenager to be cool like those guys. It's kind of neat, too. I don't know exactly when this started, but, you know, there's shows that are considered sort of uh, revolutionary, like the Larry Sanders show, where, uh, or even the Muppet show, I guess, was about this, where it's about, it's a show about making a show. You know, they show the backstage and stuff. And you can't do that on television did that. It showed the stagehands and it showed the rigging and the lighting. And they're very clear that they're actors on a kid's show. That's kind of neat. You know, they didn't push it too far, but, but it's, it's kind of interesting. But anyway, yeah, so there's a, oh, there a nice, little, nice little dive into Canadian kids stuff. And yeah, like I said, I think that's probably it. Because the other stuff, like, I'm a little curious. I don't know. Maybe I'll see if I can dig up a Mr. Dress Up. Just because 
I remember Mr. Rogers so much more clearly. Mr. Dress-Up is very uh, foggy in my memory, whereas Friendly Giant is not because it's so identical every time. <laughs> so I remember that. Yeah, like. Rusty and Jerome <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and Mr. Dress-Up. Oh, and the little, and the little, the, I always loved the opening of that scene, though. The little rocking chairs, yeah. the, the whole little fireplace, and the little small. Yeah, maybe miniatures. I will. Maybe for next week, just because this was the fast-paced, offensive jokes one. Maybe next week we'll do the calm, the calm kid shows. You know that your your parents are glad you're watching as opposed to this one. Because yeah, like I, my favorite line at the start of Friendly Giant was. And a rocking chair for those who like to rock. Because <laughs> I always think of like, for those who like to rock. But he was literally talking about sitting on a rocking yeah, chair. He was just, talking about sitting in a rocking chair. Just having a nice day. <laughs> so yeah, maybe I'll see. I'll see what else I can dig up. And we might have a part two. And then if not, we'll just move on back to British TV. But there we go. You can't do that on television. Oh, and one thing that's interesting, too, about all these uh, people, like the, the Frightenstein guy and this Les Lai guy, is they all at some point... Um, friendly giant all of them they always get like uh, some kind of like what is the name of the award but it's like you know when you knight somebody in england we have our sort of canadian version of that where you get like the canadian purple heart of television yeah, the actor <laughs> awards or yeah or like the lifetime you know you've uh contributed to uh canadian culture <laughs> award <laughs> yeah and i mean as far as yeah kids shows go yeah, I can't complain. That's about yeah. as good as you could hope for a kid show yeah. to hold up. I, I would say that, that that holds up into this century. Yeah.